Welcome to Theory of Indivisibility, solutions-focused evolutionary analysis of our social, economic, and political systems delivered to you in short, digestible episodes. I'm your host, Dr. Sunjata. During season one of Theory of Indivisibility, we will analyze the dominant social, economic, and political systems that influence our collective lives and experiences as Americans and global citizens. More specifically, this season, we will dedicate an episode each to exploring the evolution of the following systems. Power over, patriarchy, religion, ownership, capitalism, democracy, racism, and education. Each episode will contain three parts. Part one, how did we get here? During this part of the show, we will explore the origins and evolution of each system. Part two, where are we now? During this part of the show, we will explore the current realities and complexities of each system. And part three, theory of indivisibility. During this part of the show, we will explore how my theory of indivisibility applies to the system in focus during each show. We will also explore the ways that many people are choosing to create new systems that are rooted in sustainability, equity, freedom, and love. Before analysis of each system begins, there will be two brief intro episodes to provide context titled, How Did We Get Here? During this episode, How Did We Get Here? Part 1, we will explore how I got here. And by here, I mean how I got to this place in my life where I wanted to create a solutions-focused podcast that deeply examines our social, political, and economic systems. During part one, we will also get acquainted with the tools that we will use for our analysis. Notice how I said we will use for our analysis. I want to share up front that I am not an expert. I'm simply a solutions-focused, lifelong learner who is inviting you to join me if you share an interest in helping to solve similar problems. This podcast is a dialogue. I'm sharing my best evidence-based thinking, knowing that my listeners' evidence-based reflections will help improve my thinking. We are building community around this work at patreon.com forward slash live indivisible. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. That is where you can become a patron of this show and gain access to a discussion group for ongoing reflections and dialogue about the show. Let me introduce you to the tools that I will be using for each analysis. The first tool is systems thinking. So what is systems thinking? Let's listen to a clip by Peter Singe. The ability to see the consequences of my own actions. Uh, you could also look at it from slightly different angles and say, you know, to see the the, the connections in in any situation, and to understand better how things unfold over time. Because again, we're reacting to an immediate situation. That's always the truth. Something happens and we react. We don't see how that situation may in fact have been influenced by things we did or contributed to doing in the past. So to see more clearly how things unfold over time and to see the web of interconnectedness within which we always live and act is really the technical definition of systems thinking. That was Peter Singe, MIT professor, consultant, and author of The Fifth Discipline, a preeminent book on systems thinking that's used in several leadership and MBA programs across the world. 
I was first introduced to systems thinking during my doctoral studies in a class that I took called Thinking in Systems. My worldview and understanding of problems hasn't been the same since, and it is my exposure to systems thinking concepts that inspired this podcast. There are three important things to understand about systems thinking. Number one, everything is a system. Number two, all systems are interconnected and interdependent. And number three, our world consists of natural systems and human-made systems. So let's take a deeper look at those three things. Number one, everything, and I mean literally everything, is a system. In the book Thinking in Systems, author Danella Meadows explains the following. A system is an interconnected set of elements, people, cells, molecules, companies, beliefs, or anything organized to achieve something. A system must consist of three kinds of things, elements, interconnections, and a purpose. The human body is a great example of a complex system. The human body consists of interconnected and interdependent systems that all work together cooperatively to maintain life. We have the respiratory system, nervous system, neurological system, skeletal system, digestive system, and several more. If you were to separate all of those systems, they could not function. They only function and achieve their purpose of maintaining life when they are a part of the whole. Number two, each system exists within a larger system. So in essence, our world consists of a web of interconnected systems and subsystems. To visualize this, think about a set of measuring cups in a kitchen. The one quarter cup sits inside the one third cup. The one third cup sits inside the one half cup. And the one half cup sits inside the cup label one cup. And imagine that each cup contains several elements, which are systems as well. Number three, it is important to note the distinction between natural systems and human-made systems. Natural systems begin with the observable universe. Using the measuring cup example as an analogy, the observable universe would be labeled one cup, and the galaxies, solar systems, planet Earth, Earth's ecosystem, and humans would each be examples of smaller sized cups that each exist within the previous larger cup. It is important to note that natural systems are always evolving and always changing gradually over time. For example, the science of plate tectonics suggests that the continents, like North America, that make up the land masses on Earth are always moving. They were once joined together to form a supercontinent called Gondwana, and over the course of millions of years, they separated to form the continents as we know them today. With natural systems, it is also important to visualize and comprehend the interdependence of each system on its subsequent subsystem and vice versa. They are both a part of one another, and they play an equal role in the survival of one another. For example, humans are both a part of our ecosystem and dependent on other elements of our ecosystem to live. Our ecosystem provides the food we eat, the natural resources we use to build shelter and power machines, and the inorganic chemical elements like oxygen, which is plant waste, that we use to breathe life. 
The elements of our ecosystem are also dependent on humans because we produce carbon dioxide when we breathe and plants need carbon dioxide to produce their food. The carbon dioxide oxygen cycle is called a balancing feedback loop. Another easily recognizable balancing feedback loop in nature is the water cycle. Evaporation, condensation, precipitation, repeat. I'm sure you all remember that from school. The cool thing about balancing feedback loops is that they naturally produce sustainability. All natural systems consist of balancing feedback loops. Now let's discuss human-made systems. Human-made systems are the systems and subsystems that support the development and governance of societies and cultures. Human-made systems consist of social systems and industrial systems. Social systems are created by humans as a means of communicating with one another and supporting each other's existence. Elements like language, writing, government, hospitals, and marriage are examples of social systems. Industrial systems are the manufactured, material-based systems that provide the infrastructure for our social systems. Elements like homes, roads, vehicles, boats, clothing, and buildings are examples of industrial systems. So remember, everything is a system, all systems are interconnected, and our world consists of natural systems and human-made systems. I'll include visuals of these concepts in the show notes. This podcast is designed to focus on analyzing the human-made social systems that impact our daily lives. And it's based on research that I've personally done to answer some nagging questions that have been in my head for the last almost 20 years. I'll never forget the day that I realized that I had a huge calling on my life. On that day, I felt a sense of purpose and a sense of duty that I was called to do something really impactful in the world. It was during the 1999-2000 school year when I was a junior in college and I was disrupted from sleeping with this revelation on my mind and I was suddenly overcome with emotion. I was emotional because this sense of duty felt so real and I knew that somehow, some way that I would have to answer the call. I also sensed that it would be a tall task and that it would be really hard to accomplish. This revelation was on my consciousness because at that point in my life, I was just starting to see and understand poverty and all the ways that conditions of poverty impacted people and communities negatively, and it really angered me. I felt very strongly that I had to figure out a way to help those who were oppressed and do my part to help end suffering for so many people. Every morning while growing up and attending Martha Washington, a K-8 public school in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, my classmates and I were taught to stand up, place our right hand over our hearts, and begin reciting the Pledge of Allegiance while facing the flag that represents the United States of America. It very quickly became routine, and I never questioned why we were doing it or what it meant. But the Pledge of Allegiance would forever be ingrained in my psyche. Shortly after that day that I woke up emotional while in college, I wrote a notable phrase from the Pledge of Allegiance in a notebook where I kept ideas. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I stared at it, and I wondered, why? If most Americans grew up like I did, reciting the Pledge of Allegiance daily, and it states, one nation, under God, indivisible, why is our country so divided? If it states, with liberty and justice for all, 
Why does racism, poverty, sexism, classism, and crime exist? Why are so many people unhappy? Why is there so much injustice? Since that moment, I've been consumed with why we as a nation do not live up to these lofty ideals. For the past 18 years, I've been daydreaming, researching, debating, dialoguing, learning, and reflecting about solutions to these questions. When I would share my questions, anger, and concerns with others, most people responded with something like, that's just the way society is. I can't see it ever changing. You just have to play the game the best you can. Or they would say, just make as much money as possible for you and your family and don't worry about what you can't control. Those sentiments never provided me comfort or made me content. One of the most nagging questions in my mind is how did we get here? How and why did all of these problems start? Systems thinking has taught me that everything evolves from something else. So to set the stage for the analysis of each system that we will discuss during season one, let's first discuss how we got here, literally. Let's discuss how all of these systems, natural and human-made, got here, starting with the universe. Next time on Theory of Indivisibility. Theory of Indivisibility is written and produced by me. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review it on iTunes. It really helps a lot. For show notes and resources, please visit patreon.com forward slash live indivisible. Until next time, I love y'all. Peace. Theme song New Vision is performed by Achilles the Cosmonaut. Find more from Achilles the Cosmonaut on your favorite music streaming app.